RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Welcome to the Chit to Power Show on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, Vijay Nathan, and uh, today's guest is going to be Rita Goswami, a lawyer and productivity consultant for lawyers. She's the best-selling author of the new Billable Hour, Bill More Hours, Be More Productive, This is how Work-Life Balance, and The Holistic Lawyer, Use Your Whole Brain to Work Smarter and Not Harder. Rita is the uh, creator of the new Billable Hour system, which helps lawyers increase their productivity by building themselves first. She teaches the system directly to lawyers in a way that is engaging, fun, and practical. Rita hosts the new Billable Hour podcast, available where you like to listen to, um, where you like to listen and on YouTube. She consults lawyers individually and in groups, an active speaker and trainer in the area of lawyer productivity, confidence, and mindfulness. Uh, Rita, are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, great. Excellent, excellent. I hear the phone ring, but thank you. Um, so why don't we start the conversation off about um, the new Bill of Hour. Tell us a little bit more about that and uh, how it started and what its uh, mission and vision is. Sure. So the new Billable Hour is a system I created about two years ago. It's the title of my first book, and it's a program for how to bill yourself one hour per day for your own productivity, competence, mindfulness. It's geared towards lawyers, but obviously anyone can do it. It is based on work I was doing Anyway, and it kind of kind of crystallized into this this system. Uh, it's based on the science of Ayurveda. I don't know if you're familiar, mm-hmm. but Ayurveda um, comes from India. It's a sister science to yoga about how to balance ourselves with nature, uh, getting into the rhythms of nature, so then we are our best selves and we can uh, do our best. And so I was doing this for myself and for people I was working with, and I realized that the, the synergy of my own, I'm a lawyer, my own law practice, and doing these practices really advanced what I could do as a lawyer. And so the system is about billing yourself um, before you bill anyone else. So as lawyers, we're often billing out. We're often doing things for other people. We're serving our clients, and this is making ourselves our own client first before we give to others in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So um, tell us more about um, now the, so basically what you're saying is that I'm, I'm not sure I'm completely following. So in other words, like you bill yourself and then that, that becomes like, like as far as the accounting stuff goes, you're basically, then you're, mm-hmm. you're billing. It's just a way to um, kind of, keep track or, or make yourself accountable for your, if you spend extra time or is that kind of like what your intention yeah, yeah, is? Good or, question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good question. Um, so, so billing, there's two pieces, there's money and time, right? So you're yeah. billing for your time and it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I use that term because lawyers get it right away and I love to explain it to non-lawyers. Yeah. It's that we like people, general public often thinks lawyers are, concerned about money really it's time like that's our most important asset for anyone right it's really about time there's only so much time and the the feedback i get from everyone um about about whether or not we take care of ourselves or do the things we want to do is we often say we don't have time and so we're often doing things that we think are important so it is more about 
prioritizing yourself. So putting that time first, mm. um, okay. into, into yeah, into your own. I don't know how much we're going to get into. Yeah, like, no, it's putting, okay. Putting okay. time first into yourself. I yeah, guess I understand. Yeah, yeah, so you now, can pay yourself too if you want. And part of your praying to your questions, you, you equate or you think of uh, helping the profession serve its true purposes as a healer. I'd be curious to get into that, um, how you connect the profession or what you think the, more broadly speaking, what you think the intentions and the, and the um, values of the profession are and how you can connect it with being a healer. Yeah, uh, I I became a lawyer to be in service to others, to help people heal. People come to lawyers when they have a conflict uh, or, you know, some kind of problem. They got in trouble or they're in conflict with somebody else um, and they need people need help. And that's why I became a lawyer. And I realized in my law career over 20 years that people... Um, have lost touch with that, that service, um, that intention to serve others. And, um, and, and we've lost our way and somehow it's been that, that lawyers are making things worse and get this bad reputation. And as I've been working with lawyers, I realized that that is the, this, this intention to heal, to help others, to be in service, uh, to be counselors, um, you know, counselor at law has, 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 gotten lost and i want to bring us back to why why we're doing this in the first place mm. does that answer that yeah thank you thank you um you know i, I just uh bring a levity uh i remember this joke about a genie this guy rubs a lamp and uh and he the genie appears and the genie says i'll give you three wishes and the man says uh my first wish is to get rid of all the lawyers in the world and Genie mm-hmm. says, okay boom and he's like that's your final mm-hmm. wish though and the genie and the man mm-hmm. says, "How come I thought you said three wishes?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Oh, well, sue me." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's totally a meme, and I and I post it often. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To get some laughter. Yeah, yeah. Because I yeah. get it. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's like, like another joke is like people don't like lawyers until like you don't hate lawyers until you need one. Yeah, you know? yeah. Good, yeah. good. Um, so now you've been connecting uh, meditative practices. I know with. Um, with lawyer, with being a lawyer and, and, and recommending and um, pushing forward towards uh, more reflective practices as we've been hinting towards. Uh, why don't we get a little mm-hmm. bit more into that and about what you think of the meditative path and how that can help a, a lawyer, someone who's, uh, we think of as very, you know, book oriented or very, you know, like, uh, you know, by the, by the book oriented. So how can it being intuitive, um, the intuitive aspect of it be enlivened? Mm-hmm. So part of the new billable hour, I'm giving it away, is meditation. I started my own meditation practice like 15 years ago, and I saw as the way to connect with myself and exactly what you're saying, to connect with different parts of myself, um, get out of my head. And I realized also it helps all of us, right? It helps all of us having a contemplative practice, whether it's meditation, whatever word we use, a breathing practice, uh, connecting with ourselves helps us connect with others, <clears throat> which has also been lost uh, in, in, in society, really. Uh, when we're in conflict, we're often not, we're disconnected. We're, we're very disconnected. We're um, not seeing the bigger picture. And actually, the the second 
level of um, my program is the holistic lawyer, which I do talk more about about intuition and and expand on the new billable hour. But the the basis is that if we can, as lawyers, take care of our minds through mindfulness, meditation, slow down, really look at the process of what we're doing as opposed to being so results oriented, we can be better lawyers, more effective more satisfied with what we're doing uh, and just and serve serve the world in a better way from a better place. Yeah, yeah. So now some of the questions I was asking um, that we discussed is about, um, you know, finding that essential truth, the bedrock truth that we can build off of for empowerment of your community and, your, and, your, uh, and yourself and your communities. Um, what is an essential truth that you feel um, – is undervalued in the society or not really seen or, or feel like that is the cornerstone of the uh, philosophy that you're building right now? Watershed. Uh, it's what we're talking about that. Um, a cornerstone truth. Yeah. Cornerstone. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cornerstone truth. Yeah. So it was like something like, uh, you know, whether it be that, you know, I hear you talk about uh, collectively creating our own reality. And, and that kind of idea of creating our own reality is kind of underappreciated. There was a lot of people, you know, they had the victim basis of, um, you know, blaming the situation mm-hmm. and such. Mm-hmm. So building off of mm-hmm. how we create our own reality might be helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm glad you said it. Okay. Yeah. So I, so I believe that we create our own reality individually and as a collective yeah. As a collective, as a society, and this is really timely, right? Yeah. Everything that's happening, we've created uh, in one way or another from uh, our views, our intentions, uh, the w- what we've done before, every action, you know, everything we're doing, we're creating. We're constantly cr- in creation. And it is kind of, that's my truth, um, both darkness and light. Like whatever we've created is for a reason. And when I work with my clients as a lawyer, I, I bring that reality in that that we that there's a reason you're going through this. It's kind of that that that's the other truth, right? There's a reason we've created for a reason to learn something, to grow, to get to the other side, and and it, and that's what um, I was saying about healer. We can take everything as an opportunity to heal and to grow and help those around us. Yeah. And then um, it's like, it seems like the the idea that, you know, when people come to you or when people come in general that, you know, all these circumstances, you know, this one aspect of it is to realize how can we take ownership and, and take command, take back the control of our situation, take control the back, take control back. So then we can then act from a more holistic place, you know, like we're acting in a place of power rather than a place of victimhood. I feels mm-hmm. like, yeah, it feels like what you're saying. Yeah. 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 Yeah, taking responsibility. Mm. I think that's the hardest thing for all of us, taking responsibility for our own uh our own reality and what we've created and what what um our our place is in what's happened or what's happening right now. Okay. So now we can go ahead to the watershed moments. Um that was the next question about uh small experiences and, and moments that come to mind that really helped you develop this uh, outlook and um, if it was something that came slowly or it was something that there was there one big watershed moment that was like, oh, that, that this moment was like, it changed dramatically 
uh, your outlook on life. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was like thinking. I was like, okay, we create our own reality. So yeah. We're always creating it. So is there really a watershed? <laughs> yeah. You know, so the, the watershed kind of, it's, it was, it's an interesting idea, right? I don't even know where that idea comes from that there's, that there's this time where everything opens up and clarity comes like being enlightened is what, what I comes to mind. Uh, so for me, uh, I feel like it's, it's a journey. There's, um, many, many moments when I feel that I can remember that I'm creating my own reality. And so my journey is to keep remembering so I can continually, uh, create. And in these moments, um, as I slow down, these moments is when I feel connected, awake, I feel like present and alive in what I'm creating. And they, and they could be sometimes really quick you know, it could be like one breath. I'm like, oh yeah, this this makes sense. And and I'm sure most people feel that way. It's like it's like it's you're creating. Like it can, you know, artists probably feel this all the time. But as a lawyer, we're always creating too. We're creating like what's next, what's what's coming next. And sometimes they're longer. Sometimes you know, um, when we feel like we're in the zone with our work, when we're connecting with other people, with nature. Uh, or even an idea, like getting some creative idea, that is that is when I feel connected and, and other people feel connected. And sometimes it's deeper, sometimes, you know, like creating my program or writing a book or, you know, just really like something really big, connecting with something really big. So for me, it's a journey and it's, it's the journey is paying attention that those moments are already there. It is up to us to connect with them, to see them feel them yeah i definitely think that we, we connect to larger ideas and larger movements that we feel like we're part of them uh speaking of which um so we're thinking about philosophical outlooks that have influenced you and uh it, maybe even specific works or, or 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 pieces that you've read that um or, or experience that uh change your worldview so i know it's kind of a gradual thing but we can go back to Earlier in your life, when uh, you maybe when something uh, read you read or, or experienced was uh, very impactful, and then we could talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that. So we can go even further back uh, before mm-hmm. uh, pre-lawyer days and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what are some of the impactful uh, pieces of work that pre-lawyer uh, days. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's like <laughs> twenty years ago. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But that's that's college. Oh my gosh! Yeah, before college. Before, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try yeah, to think about what are some things growing up that you read or experienced that maybe put you on that path towards. Did you read anything like in college or before that idealized lawyership or that made you feel like, oh, that seems like a cool, uh, a cool profession? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. I'm like smiling, um, <laughs> trying to think back. Like when did this? Because I totally agree with you. Like the journey started way before. I know before any it can go way back. Uh I don't remember about works. Um I I know that that I was always looking. I was always a seeker and looking for ways to learn about about how things worked, about how people interacted. I majored in psychology. 
Uh, I went to Barnard. Um, and you know what comes to mind? I'll just talk about that. I took a class at Columbia um, on Sigmund Freud. And it was like, I got an A plus in that class. I, I was like, so, like I, it was a class we just read a bunch of his books. And I can't remember now, you know, Freud's annoying, known for several, like, you know, big topics. But his books were, um, you know, he also wrote a lot of books, and I want to write a lot of books. But about really, like, concepts about knowing yourself. Yeah. And, and again, like, you know, what ha- happens, like, when we're gone, who knows what, how people interpret what we do. And he did write some weird stuff. But really, it was about knowing yourself and he was a pioneer and got vilified for that right like about going deep and and going to those dark places uh and things you don't want to talk about and and getting into really like why we do things you know really that that self exploration and so i think early on i was just like why and and i was questioning things i was taught and, you know, at that tender age or, you know, being in college and we're exploring, like, why do we do things and what's going on with me and what, you know, the more the dark side uh, and bringing, bringing that to light and, and, and finding purpose and finding, like we were talking about, a reason for it and, you know, our, our real reality instead of like that, that fake, like doing what we're supposed to do and um, conforming conforming to what what's going on. What are our deep desires? What do we really, really, really want uh, for ourselves and for, for our life, for our life purpose? Yeah, I definitely think that uh, when we start to peel back into the unconscious, subconscious, mm-hmm. all these kinds of layers, then we start to really reveal the, uh, the deep, um, you know, uh, deeper aspects or truth that there as opposed to just um, looking at the superficial uh, layers. Um, I think Freud was one, someone who really wanted to cover that. And, uh, you know, I've always been more partial to Jung because I think that he understood the, um, the spiritual and the y- deep yearning. And he, I feel like he understood the collective unconscious a little better. He was a little more focused on that. Uh, but I think that, you know, definitely the, all of our drives, all of our, uh, all of our energies towards life energies towards, even death has to be reconciled mm-hmm. and we have to be able to mm-hmm. see them for what they are, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm so glad you're a Freud fan. Yeah. <laughs> I just outed myself. Like, yeah. 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 Definitely. That's, that's what it was, right? In a nutshell, like, what was he saying? You know, go deep. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think we think that uh, when we think about um, what we hope that people will uh, – we hope to teach others when they read your book and um, and uh, explore this path. What do you hope that they'll um, achieve, or what do you what practices, what essential practices do you think they'll begin? Like, what does the first thirty days look like in, the, in their practices, uh, whether it be lawyer or non-lawyer? Now, would a non-lawyer, how would a non-lawyer benefit from reading something like this, and 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 what would be the uh, outcome as well for them as well? So I write and I teach to lawyers, but the concepts are for anybody, anyone who, anyone, but especially anyone who feels like they don't have time, they're a seeker, but they, they, 
their lifestyle or they've got on this path where it's like, oh, I don't even know how to how to put it all together. I don't know, you know, I'm doing this thing. I don't have time. I don't know how to incorporate uh, practices into my life. But I, I would say that that's maybe secondary. I think the first is what we're talking about, that they would love to be having this conversation that you and I are having, like, you know, life purpose, what's underneath everything, why, why I'm doing whatever I'm doing, whether yeah. that be a lawyer or any other profession or no profession, like why, why, why am I here? Those, those deep, like, like you said, those deep questions. And so that's like really huge. And so I, you know, when I teach these contemplative practices that we are talking about, uh, through the, through the new, new billable hour, through just, you know, my working with people, it's, it's really those big issues and, and, it's easy to just talk about it philosophically. I kind of bring it down to practical, <clears throat> excuse me, practical for, for lawyers in a way that lawyers can understand. Mm. And so when I talk about it, people are like, oh, that's easy. Because especially like you were saying that uh, lawyers are very intelligent, educated, and we can overthink things. We can re- get really philosophical, philosophical. But the what we need to do is get practical and get, and go inside. So I think your question was, what am I hoping people will get? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. And so I can't control what they're going to get. I feel like I'm uh, a guide for them to explore their own journey and permission. I would like to give permission to all people, especially lawyers, especially people who are in their heads, which is a lot of people, right? People who maybe understand intellectually that this is important, but kind of, we kind of can overdo it and get lost. And so it's an invitation to expand our awareness, expand our mind, expand our intelligence, change what we think is being smart is of helping others, of being successful, of interacting with the world. And, and in this guidance, people can find their own truth. So I feel strongly about that. I don't know anyone else's truth other than my own. And uh, my purpose is to help other people find their own truth. Mm, thank you. Thank you. So um, now what I'm trying to get to is, um, yeah, I think it's definitely agree that what I think the, the, the whole, it seems to me that the holistic lawyer as well, you know, when you talk about using your whole brain to work smarter and not harder, it kind of encapsulates this, the, 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 the kind of phrasing of working smarter, uh, kind of encapsulates is kind of just trying to dive into creating structures that, that help you uh, access these uh, pads a little more quicker than just using structures that are, um, you know, grinding themselves to a halt to begin with. So if you could elaborate a little bit about that um, aspect of it, how you take that, how you take away that, uh, what does it mean to work smarter, not harder? Yeah. Yeah. So the new billable hours, is finding the is the time management, finding the time to bring in contemplative practices really is mindfulness one hour of my, <clears throat> one hour of mindfulness uh, to add to your your day you know time then the next level once once we've like attempted that because that's a lifetime journey once we've attempted that and and we're on board, the next step is the the holistic lawyer and that is Another kind of system, it's basically going deeper. It's about 
uh, different concepts like a little more neuroscience, actually, which you probably know about. Uh, brain integration, integrating our right and left sides of our brain, uh, bringing in emotional intelligence, bringing in uh, the idea of the gut brain, which this is all science is talking about all of these things that we need all of this to actually have a full brain. Like we're only using part of our brain when we're logical, the rational, logical side. So bringing in more of the emotional brain, more of the gut brain, which is I like to call the intuition. Mm. Uh, and, and also exactly what we're talking about, about bringing in our own self, like our own dark side and seeing how it's influencing what we do. So what, what is, um, what are our truths? What are our emotions that are stuck? Because I, lawyers, I mean, I think a lot of professions uh, are encouraged to not deal with our emotions, like to create this detachment. Mm. So my invitation is let's bring that all in. Bring your whole self because we're working with clients who are not part part people. You know, they're whole people. So there's like a lot of ways that I talk about being holistic, and I know that word's all over the place, but uh, using our whole selves. And we can talk about our own subconscious, our own emotions. So then we can connect with our client's whole self. And then also looking at the whole picture um, at the end of the holistic lawyer, to give it away, then is when I talk about connecting with your purpose. Because I think that it's easy to talk about. You know, I can talk about, yeah, we have to have purpose and, and vision. And, you know, um, but, that, but after we can connect with all these parts, that's when we can create a vision statement for ourselves, for our work. Uh, the why, uh, which is very fulfill- fulfilling when when we do it, when we do the work, when we really look at all, look at ourselves as whole people. Like, why are we doing this? And it's it can be scary because often we're in autopilot and we don't really pay attention to why. Mm. So, what do you think is one of the most biggest misconceptions or mis? Uh- understandings of the meditative path. And a lot of people go down the meditative path and they have a lot of, uh, they caught up in these side, you know, problems or, or issues that really, you know, keep them, you know, like um, stuck, you know, stuck along the path. So what do you think is some of the mis- biggest misconceptions that people stumble on when going down the meditative path? For, people I work with, really smart people, smart professionals, is that it's another, um, people treat meditation, contemplation, like time to think about bigger issues. It's, it's, they, uh, it's the same, looking at it as another thing to do, another like results-oriented activity, yeah. and that they need to figure out and do perfectly and do right. I know so many people that have told me that, oh, I tried meditation and it didn't work. Like that it's something that has to work. And I would say the biggest misconception is that it's like supposed to work and work right away. Like it's going to solve all the problems. And it's kind of a, a superficial way of looking. It's not wrong, but like using meditation for uh, stress relief or anti-anxiety, which sure, that's great. Uh, and the work I do is much deeper that if we develop a habit that people develop themselves for themselves for no other reason than to do it, <laughs> than, you know, to, to 
be um, to create a space for ourselves where we're being present. So it's, the misconception is that it's results oriented, that something's going to happen, and that it's going to be the same every time. Like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm putting this intention in. Why isn't anything happening? Um, and also that 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 it's like a quick fix. There are no quick fixes, for sure. They're temporary relief and meditation. I'm I'm happy for people to use contemplation for quick relief rather than using other destructive behaviors. However, the misconception is that this this it's, it's a it's a long journey. It's a long haul, and it's not necessarily pretty as you and I have been talking about it, it's um it's it's a bigger it, it's 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 not talk aboutable like we can't even I can't even talk about it you have to do it right that's yeah. the practical piece so when you do it and with the guidance of a teacher mentor or you know there's so many resources out there things will unfold for yourself and it's just it's so I don't know you know I feel so passionate about it. And I don't even know how to yeah. put it in words. Like, yeah. That, that it's, that it's, we don't, you don't know, right? Like that gets, that's the big thing. It's like, I can't talk about it for someone else. I can talk about my experience, but it may not be the same for you. Mm. Yeah. It's so true. And I think that, uh, at least in my own experience, I find that th- this is something that we just have to trust the process happening. And when we, when we take moments to really reflect on, um, or imagine where, where we would have been, uh, where, where we have been in the past and where we are now and kind of juxtapose them. Then we get a clear sense of, mm-hmm. we get a clear sense of what, what's going on and something that we're, when we're swimming in the water, we don't see how the current is changing us, you know, how we're right. following the currents. And, right. you know, when we jump out, then we're like, all right, now we're able to get more of a perspective and, and dive yeah. back in, you know? Exactly. Like it's always, like we've been doing it. Yeah. bringing attention to it and yeah. more um like like we're talking about responsibility and power it's like oh this has been happening to me oh wait i can be part of this i can you know start as observer and then the more we take on that power then we become creator we're creating anyway so it's becoming conscious that we are what we are of what we are creating and how we're creating it yeah so one of the questions I have is about uh, course corrections or failures uh, when the universe asks you to course correct. Um, what, would, what would be at times when you feel like uh, you thought you were going along the path that you wanted and, uh, you know, somehow another course corrections happened and you realized, oh, this is not, you know, what are some opportunities for failures and opportunities for you and for successes? Maybe that is a hidden success that we talked about with, with many guests. Mm-hmm. That you know the 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 universe of the powers kind of helped you move towards your true calling, your true path. So we can tell us a little bit about that kind of experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's an interesting question about failures. And I talk with lawyers about mistakes. I think the biggest horror for lawyers is, is making a mistake. And I talk on my podcast and I write about this a lot. You know, there are there are no mistakes or failures. That that's something that we've created or we've created that judgment we've decided that certain things are not on our path but our path is our path and you know it's easy i think it's easy for the human rational mind to find times where things didn't go how we planned but again we're co-creating so everything came to us i think at this point in my my journey i, I just i can't even think of what would be a failure, right? Like 
it's 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 course correcting. Like you said, I it's 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 or it's not even course correcting. It's court like signposts. Yeah. Like, oh, that's you know that was that was a really difficult situation. And okay, what does this mean? And it's it's hard to say because again, it's so personal. And when you're like exactly what you said, when you're swimming in it, when you're in that really difficult time, uh, you don't know. You don't know, and that's why contemplation is really important to remember. Remember that we're going to get to the other side. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could I could tell you had asked me this before, and and I just I remember what came to mind when when you asked me before was that um, because I was trying to think of something like that you know that hurt that hurt that I didn't want to talk about, so I will talk about it. <laughs> was that I had a job. I'm not going to get so into it or talk any details about it, but I had like, I had created like this dream job and, and, um, I done all like, I don't, I don't even know how I created it. And I like moved to another city and it was, I was living it. It was like all what I wanted and kind of came crashing down. And, um, the job that I created, I got fired from, which was like so weird. Cause I created it. Uh, longer story but, but more I want to talk about my experience because it's like creating something that then like literally didn't exist anymore and um it was kind of like I had built so much up about this thing but it was really not that thing like you're saying in retrospect we're like oh you know that made sense like it wasn't about the job it was about creating the job it was about creating the space it was about um, coming into my power, it was about that moment in time, what I needed. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's bigger. Everything is always bigger than about us. I guess we could go back to Freud. Like it's very, you know, ego driven and individualistic to think it's about me, you know, think about like, this is what I, I need to do. Like, you know, so the message for your listening listeners, if anyone is trying to figure out what I'm trying to say, is like it seems so important at the time, and it's it's like we get so, uh, like, you know, maybe even obsessed. Like this is it. This is you know that, that like this is my dream, and like that it's like some ending point, mm. but it's not. It's not ever. Like yeah. not ever, ever, ever. It's there's always another side of it, and we don't know what that is again. So when we get get caught up in that physical aspect or that like what it looks like it can hurt and then feel like a failure and so when we feel that now when I feel that it's like oh okay this is just a thing you know like at, having less judgment about it or yeah. less um attachment I guess yeah I definitely feel like on our journey it's like those those in that moment we have a very uh high amount of uh focus on that uh you know junction but then juncture, but then later on we get perspective on where it fits in the larger picture. And sometimes they're very minor things that we were freaking out about, you know, mm-hmm. at the time. And then there, sometimes there were things that really guide us towards where we are. But, you know, the point is not to every, every, um, every joint, every, every pathway has its own multiple multitude of different ways we could have gone. And, you know, ultimately all these joints and all these uh, junctions, uh, you know, yielded what they did, you know, and there's so many more to explore that um, we shouldn't be too hung up on one or two, you know? That's yeah. what I'm getting out of what you're saying, yeah. Okay. 
So um, now, as we start to now, time is now thirty six. So we have about ten or so minutes left until then. We'll play some music and such. Um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. You put that down as one book that, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and how we can apl- apply the beginner's uh, attitude towards um, towards uh, our practices. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. And how that affected you? Um, sure. Do you reader. know the book? Yeah, you I read the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. figured you know about all books. But, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. This one I actually read. So yeah, yeah. all the books that are. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned it in the new billable hour, and it, I, you know, I've had the journey from you know you took me way back, uh, but this book I think brought me to more more like okay, what am I going to like? How, how am I going to bring in? this like connection with myself or what am I going to do? Like, I don't, I don't remember, but I was just like, I need to learn to meditate. I somehow figured that out. <laughs> like I need to learn how to meditate. Okay. How am I going to learn to meditate? And I did find a teacher and um, I'm in California. And so there's lots of resources and groups and centers. And the first book that was recommended to me was then mind beginners mind. And there, I don't think there's been any book like it, even though I've, you know, I, I read tons of spiritual books and uh, it just was a piece of work that, uh, you know, it, it can be like dense about how to how to meditate. So people do pick it up. It's like it's very specific. But the concept I've never forgotten. I never will forget. It's like we we're talking about that you sit down to meditate like it's your first time every time. And as you become a more experienced meditator, if that's a thing. You sit down to everything or stand up to you know, whatever, like it's the first time. And if we can approach life that way, that is the co-creation we're talking about. So no matter what's happened, it's like look at it fresh because if we if we spoil it with what we think it should be, it's kind of like we were just talking about, then it's like we're setting ourselves up for failure essentially because we don't know what it's going to be. And so in our in, in meditation, in the new billable hour, in practicing law, in life, if we can wake up to the new day and appreciate everything as a beginner, uh, it's very um, it's so rich and so satisfying. Like like that that is the juice of life. That is how we can create things. But if we are thinking we're experts, which lawyers often do, a lot of people do, like, or even if you're not a lawyer, like, oh, I figured that out. I already know how to do that. Mm. And then then we're, like, seeking how to do something else. It's like, well, look at it from another way or look at it from a um, different, you know, we're talking about holistic and we're talking about uh, all the things we've been talking about, right? Like, if we can find a different perspective, uh, this also comes up with uh, conflict. So there's a lot of conflict in the world. And when we think we're right, I, this is my biggest challenge. My journey of teaching all of this is to learn it, right? And when we think we know, when we think we know what other people are thinking, how things should turn out, that is what causes all the suffering and the conflict in the world. And what if we could step back as beginners being like, I have no idea. And that takes such strength and courage and power. And, and, and 
it's more it's it's, it's the essence of being a seeker of finding the truth uh, as a beginner looking at it like we've never done it before like we've never been in that moment before because we haven't every moment is new we're constantly creating so that is that is the essence i think in retrospect looking at that at that book but it really changed everything of so simply coming to your meditation practice coming to everything as as if it's the first time and everything that came before you know let that go and just focus on being present at this time this time that you're doing something thank you thank you um that was a really good that was a really good way of putting it i think that that really helped at least me understand uh, a little bit more about and i definitely agree wholeheartedly with the idea that we we're, we're trying to slow down we're trying to you know let go and detach from outcome and such and uh, you know, trying to just let the process happen, and trying to let the process unfold, and and try to uh, just be present each moment. I think it's very important for any for anybody or everybody to be able to do. Um, the question I have now is: um, some of the themes of the show have to do with truth. Truth. We call it the Truth of Power show on Radio Free Brooklyn. Um, what what do you, what do, what is that phrase? What is for, also one of our mottos is the personal is political, which comes from, of course, the. 70s, uh, you know, um, movements towards uh, feminism and towards empowerment of women, empowerment of civil rights. Uh, the the personal political. What does that mean to you? And what does the uh, speaking or, or manifesting truth to power mean to you? So the personal is. We'll do that one first. The personal yeah. is political, and even though I'm a lawyer, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, at times I'm like, I don't want to talk about politics, but politics are. As you're we talking about, I, I believe politics are just a, a, a reflection of our values as a society, of, of what we've created as a collective consciousness. And, uh, and so if we, if, if we are reflecting our values, we have, we have to actually, actually do it. You know, instead of just talking about it, uh, we have to really be in touch with what's important to us and be vulnerable, and walk the walk, like I'm saying. So whatever whatever we do, whatever we, as people, as persons, <laughs> you know, whatever we do it personally, that is going to reflect in our society. And it's kind of, it was like a big idea, but what is happening right now in politics, what has happened over time, is a reflection of what different people are doing, not just the people in so-called power or in certain positions it's every person so this is this is personal and so it it's very important that we become vulnerable and figure out what our own our own values the same things we've been talking about uh and that will reflect in politics so that so that's what i think of when we think of like the personal is political whatever you do will reflect and you may not see it you may not understand it but it will because that's how politics uh have been created. It's, it's, it's based on people's personal values. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. And, and uh, then to, manifesting, I think it was manifesting truth to power, but you can take it to however you, uh, however you feel. Oh. Yeah. 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 Truth to power. So it's kind of one of those phrases you hear both of these phrases, right? We hear a lot yeah. of times where we're like, what does it mean? And then we can go really, we get really juicy with it. So for me, manifesting truth and power uh, is about connecting to our, well, 
what I told you before is that if we can connect to our truth, we're in our power. Yeah. And, and again, these are kind of like the untalk aboutable things, right? So basically, can we speak up the same thing I was saying earlier about personal political, if we can really get vulnerable, um, I'm working on my third book now and it's about leadership for lawyers and the biggest thing I'm teaching, you know, in the book and, and talking about it is about about really being vulnerable and um, finding finding our message and if we can really if it's if it's true to us, finding our own truth, then we hold all the power and we hold all the power to create a new world, a new evolution of lawyering, which is my, my thing that I love to talk about, but creating a new way of living. Um, the lawyers I work with are people who have full lives, who have personal lives, families, and, you know, other, other interests. And if we, if we can really be in our truth, we have the power to create whatever we want personally as a collective consciousness, um, and just bring us to this next level. It's coming, and we need you. We need everybody to to really drop in and and step into our power by connecting to our truth, which is a very individual thing. Which I, I think that's good news. If we can each do that, then we can come into our power and and, and contribute to this collective consciousness, this collective truth, collective power. Uh, to to come into our next stage of evolution as a society. Thank you, thank you. So you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener-supported media. Um, thank you. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community, promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us continue to stay on air, support independent community media by pledging whatever you can afford. All contributions to tax deductible to flow into law. Uh, please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at RadioForBrooklyn.org slash donate. Uh, just remember that um, Radio for Brooklyn is starting uh, its Drive to Five campaign. Uh, in May, RFB turns five years old, and we need to raise $25,000. So Truth to Power Show can continue bringing you commercial-free, independent radio for another five years. Truth uh, to Power Show can continue on this uh, radio station. We're only uh, 30% there, so we have a long way to go in a couple months. If you'd like to make a solo monthly donation to help us reach our goal, the easiest way is to give is to text RP Give Five number five four four three two one to four four three two one. So text RP Give Five to four four three two one, and you can make a pledge right on your phone. We also have some great gifts for giving available on your website. Uh, Lynn Edition Fifth Anniversary T-shirt designed by former Clash Manager Cosmo Vinyl. If you'd like to give out. And if you'd like to get any of these great premiums, you can make a donation at RadioFooking.org slash Drive to Five. If you can't afford to give, you can let us know how much you love us by calling our voicemail at 718-673-8201. Leave us a message and let us know why you love RFB, why you love Truth the Power Show, and uh, wish us a happy birthday. With your consent, your message may be played on air. Um, finally, uh, at Radio Brooklyn, we are always welcoming new neighbors Dashi, a new American restaurant and cafe specializing in Japanese and Asian comfort foods, has just opened at uh, 119 Ingram Street, only a few blocks away from the Morgan L Stop. They got great dishes, noodles, rice dishes, small plates, and salads. Go out there after this uh, 
after this uh, crisis is over, this uh, COVID-19 crisis is over, go, go over there. And uh, if you want a hamburger or BLT, they've got that too. They're open every day, most days from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And you can order online from Grubhub, Postmates, or DoorDash. Check them out at dashibrooklyn.com or stop by Dashi. Welcome to the hood. Tell them RFB sends you. Okay. Um, that's about it for my announcements. Um, so now why don't we tell us, like, again, why don't you repeat again your uh, contact or where they can follow you uh, on online, and then we can go to some of the music. So we can talk a little bit about some of the music you selected and, uh, talk and, and play that out. Okay. Yeah, great. Yeah, so my website is newbillablehour.com. And my um, my podcast on there, and my um, my first book. I do want everyone, all lawyers and everyone, to read it. And so I, I offer a free download of the book. Uh, so just go to newbillablehour.com and follow me on social media, either New Billable Hour or my name. It's Ritu R I T U Goswami G O S W A M Y. And, yeah, you can find the podcast wherever you like to listen. And in YouTube, it's called the New Billable Hour Podcast. And that's a good place to start uh, connecting with me. Thank you. And you selected a song, Wheel of Time. Tell us a little bit why why you selected that song, and then we'll play it out. Yeah, so time is what we've been talking about, and the New Billable Hour is is – uh, what I'm obsessed about, because <laughs> we thought, we often think we don't have it, but we've created it. We've created this concept of time, and I think it's important to remember that time that we have control and power over our time, and it is all about priorities and what we choose, how we choose to use our time, and whether we choose to accept that our time is. Uh, a vehicle for learning. And I really love this song because it's, it's stepping into our power is what I think of when I listen to it. And, um, I love the line in it. So listen to that line is just that, that let, let the learning come. I don't know. You have to hear, but let the learning come with the, with, with this wheel of time. So whatever you're feeling about your relationship to time, um, Let's let's see if we can look at it differently as a way to learn and grow and come into our power. Thank you, thank you. So um, thanks so much for listening to the Truth to Power show. We're going to play it out, and then uh, I might play another song as well after that. So uh, please listen to us every Monday morning at eight a.m. Uh, on on Radio for Brooklyn. Thanks so much, Rita. Thank you. May my voice be strong And this step be light May my learning come On this wheel of time As a breath be took May the lessons glide Swiftly as a wind, gentle as a sigh. Hear it calling me home. Hear it calling me listening. Hear 
walking by my side As a breath be taken, given, taken, given Calling me home Come and be my guide
tuer et n'a 